Good evening, and welcome to Step by Step, Walking into Your Destiny. This is Bishop Angela Young, and we would like to welcome you to um, episode 35 of Step by Step, Walking into Your Destiny on this second day of January 2020. And this evening, I'm going to have, I'm having Terrence Bergen back with us today, and we're going to talk about gentrification. And that's one of the things we're going to discuss, and also our young people and um, the drug takeover and uh, treatment, um, treatment when it comes to um, being treated for drug use. Um, so we're going to talk about um, some different things on this evening. Terrence, I'd like to welcome you back. And if you would, just uh, tell just a little bit about yourself and um, your concerns. And uh, we'll start out with the gentrification issue. Then I may have a few questions for you. But right now, just tell a little bit about yourself because some may have not. Uh, we've got a lot of new viewers and listeners now. So, Oh, well. Hello, and thanks for having me back again. My name is Terrence Bergen. I was born and raised in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, graduated from Shaw University. Well, hold up, let me rewind that. I graduated from Asheville High, then went to college at Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, I got my bachelor's degree in visual performing arts, but when I got out of school, I told myself before going into college that I would always come back to working with children. So then I got a job working in child mental health. And then um, from there, I left that position. I stayed in that position for about six years. And then after that, I um, transitioned into working in... Um, drug addiction rehabilitation because I want to see that perspective because I feel it connects with the youth. We're losing a lot of youth to the opioid epidemic and like I believe it all it all is connected with our discussion that we're going to be talking about today with um, the youth's abuse of opioids and medications just in general and where that stems from from the perspective of what I saw as in working in child mental health like I saw a lot of different things and then I also want to touch base back on some things that we talked about in the last um, episode that we didn't get to really go into so in the last episode we discussed the movie the hate you give and we talked about um crime and and you know just uh ways that we could resolutions and different things that we could do um because a lot of our young people have been victims of um being pulled over and not necessarily uh, not being guilty, but being harassed. And so we wanted to work along with the police um, 
in our area to get some type of revolution and education as to what we should do, how we should educate our children, our young men, our young women, if they are ever pulled over, um, I, how they are to... I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that part, like, I always wanted to say, I was like, the police can only help to a certain extent because in the situation, even despite a few going against the grain, the Brotherhood of Blue usually outweighs the the whole aspect of doing what's right. And like I said before, I wanted to ask one of the police officers just at that particular event, I wanted to ask him, like, what do you usually tell before you were a cop? What did your um, people tell you about how to properly... Like, you know, when you're being pulled over, how to, like, act. Because I guarantee you it's not what I was taught. Because, like, I'm pretty sure it's all license and registrations. Be kind. Be respectful. Which we were taught, too. We had to be kind. Be respectful. Make sure your hands are where they can see them. Don't make any sudden moves. The key is to get home, despite whatever that situation is like you know so i i I understand your perspective with getting the cops in the ring but that i feel that they can only do but so much because the education starts at home terrence and that's what we're we were trying to get back to is educating our people our youth and we did get educated like but but a lot of them have not a lot of them have not been educated as to what to do. Like I educated you, like your father educated you, like my, my uncle, uh, your uncle, my 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 father educated you. A lot of our our young people have not had that support, and we were trying to bridge the gap. That's what we're trying to do here: is bring about some type of resolution and understanding and teaching methods and practices you know just input get information out there because knowledge is power and so with that being said let's get into the topic on tonight um we had begun to discuss uh about the different zoning and the housing developments and the issues at hand not just where we reside but across the country um And so I would like to get your input because I know quite some years ago we were driving one day and we saw, um, you know, like the apartment complexes, you know, people come to hood, the projects, and then, you know, you made a statement. Can you share with them that statement you made to me? On that fateful day? Yes. Well, we were driving and this is based on the seminar that we did where the stuff I was talking about with gentrification, I told them it was coming and nobody wanted to hear what I had to say or I always had some form of rebuttal. But what did you say when we were in the and car I was like, apartments? I we were driving in um in Asheville around the missions hospital area. There's a project. And I was like, Ma 
gentrification is real. She was like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, mom, if you take a look over there, you see, what do you see? And then she was like, I was like, what's up there? She was like, that's Lee Walker Heights. And I was like, okay, now what's below it? Now what's below it? And then she said, they're building like townhouses and condos. I was like, okay, now you tell me where Lee Walker Heights plays a part in that vision. And she looked at me and she was like, wow, that right there is, I was like, so I was was like, and I was telling y'all about this years ago, what was about to happen. Okay. So this is what has happened since then. We're going to speed up and go forward. As of now, well, in 2019, 2018, they were talking about, um, you know, they moved everyone out of that apartment complex and um, they relocated them to other areas in within the city. And what they were told were, was that they're rebuilding and they had they have um, like they're going to have have upgraded apartments, um, a park, you know, they're they're going to have um, um a very nice setup, but there's only one thing. Can they afford it? Um, it's not going to be affordable for those people that originally were living there. Um, they said, um, I think it was quoted something around anywhere from, I don't think you can get in one, you know, I may be wrong, but from what I, I've heard or I remember, it's close to a thousand dollars a month. Then you have your um, utilities. utilities as well. These people do not have the income to cover the rent living there. The people that lived there prior. So of course they're going to have other people to move in that can't afford it. I know um, uh, they said they ha- they named one. I, I mean maybe f- five people out of the whole um, apartment complex that lived there before may be living there. And so that's um, primarily, you know, they talk about housing, but it's really not affordable per se. And now um, with the uh, small housing units that they're, that um, were being introduced to the area, um, the tiny houses, the tiny homes, <laughs> um, they are trying to shut that down because, you know, they're complaining about that, you know, which would be something, you know, people could have one of those for, you know, as low as 30000 maybe a little cheaper than that. And there was a resolution um, as not just in our area, but across the country where you know, building like those little homes, you know, people would have some type of shelter. Um, and so I know that they're doing other things, um, but this is what we were talking about is placing, um, and, and it's a lot going on across our country as a whole. Uh, people are being transported to other areas and pretty much just put out, given a ticket to go here or there, a certain group of select people, homeless, and they're put, 
you know, given a ticket or get sent and you go across the line to another state and there you are. And they promise them all these things when, you know, the state they're leaving and they promise them, you know, things, a better future when they get to the other state. But a lot of them are stuck because these things haven't been followed through. Now, this was on the national news. Um, it also happened here in our state as well. And the governor of our state is taking legal action because, from what I understood, he didn't know about it. Um, and so, you know, this is one of the things that is a concern. It should be a concern for all of us. And we that, um, like I said, step by step, we want to talk about things going on in the community. We want to talk about um, things from a religious point of view. As the body of Christ, as the church, what can we do? What are we doing to try to rectify these situations? I know we're to watch and pray, but we have to put our prayers in action. So what type of resolutions are we making or do we have? Are we attending the local meetings? Are we making our requests known? Of course, we make our requests known to God, but are we also putting that in, in action in our areas? Because we can make a difference. We can make a difference. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, I believe that, I do believe that we can make a difference. And I do believe that knowledge is power is important, but the important thing is also to know the beast that you're going up against as well, which is gentrification. Because, like, and that's what you just expressed is gentrification in its best form ever. Do you know that Asheville is number two in the United States for gentrification? I and that after you, number after two, you told me. <laughs> and it fluctuates. It could be number five right now, but it's number two. Last time I checked, it was number two. And so me being a native of here, born and raised, and that's another thing. A lot of people that were born and raised here get pushed out of jobs and opportunities from people that are not from here. Like, you know, I was in, um, when I was in Care Partners, a lot of people said, hey, I ain't even from here. I was like, they was like, wow, you're a native? Like, it was rare to them. They was like, you were born and raised here? Yeah. I was like, wow, a native? I Like, it was rare. And so, like, I think also in, in making a difference, you also have to take the time to understand the system that you're coming up against and understand the beast that you're coming up against and also know how to navigate through that system but also not be consumed by it. Because that's what happens to a lot of people. A lot of people try to... They they recognize the system. They try to navigate through it and before you know it, they're consumed by it. Okay, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and talk about some resolutions to gentrification with Terrence Bergen. This is Bishop Angela Young with Step by Step, Walking in to Your Destiny. If you would like to be a part of the interviews with Step by Step, Walking into Your Destiny, 
You can reach Bishop Angela Young at youngangela48 at yahoo.com to make inquiries. If you have topics that you would like for us to discuss, or if you would like to um, place an interview, you can contact Bishop Angela Young at youngangela48 at yahoo.com. Don't forget also that we have Thursday night prayer and intercession with About My Father's Business every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The number to that call, to that prayer line is 605-313-4818, access code 610-534-POUND. We're back with Terrence Bergen, and we're going to talk about resolutions to gentrification. Well, like I said before, um, for the break, also, like, I think it's one, it's important that we, in going into those, like, townhouse meetings and the um, city hall meetings and everything like that, first understand the beast that you're going up against and also understanding the system that you're going up against and knowing how to navigate through it beforehand. I think that's very important. And also we have to, if you want to stop gentrification and its tracks, we have to learn how to invest in our own, our own businesses and our own community and also educate on how to like make the money multiply within ourselves, like within our communities. And that's, I feel that's very important to like, you know, buy back the community and naturally you'll come up against things that try to stop you from doing that or make sure it's out of reach. But I feel that that is very important that we do that and invest in our communities and Invest in people that are trying to, like, build something in the community as well. I mean, us as a people, we are the horrible, like, we're horrible at, like, keeping money within our communities. And it's been proven. Like, you see the Asians, you see, like, the Asians make their money like fluctuate within their community about 15 times. White people make it fluctuate about 12 times before it leaves the, like before it goes out into any other community. Ours doesn't even get a chance to go once to multiply within ourselves. So I think we need to learn that as well. I feel that we should also invest in education and business entrepreneurship. I agree with that. I, I agree. agree. I, I think that we should come together and educate, equip, empower, mm -hmm. and enable our people, all people, but especially our people. We need to understand that we are better together. We have this crab 
my my dad used to talk about the barrel of monkeys. Crab in the barrel. Yes, the crabs in the barrel. And we used to have these barrel of monkeys that we used to play with as children. And you know, you would reach down and get the other and you would connect. I know some of you all, you know, I'm telling my age, but I remember that. you would connect, connect, connect and help each other. Help the other one get up. Help the other one get up. Like I have tried to teach and and empower the people I have mentored over the years. Don't forget where you come from. Always reach back and get someone else by the hand. You know, whether it's it's man, woman, boy, girl, you know, advantaged, disadvantaged, able, disabled, whoever. Try to help someone. Try to make a difference. And I think that that's what we need to do. We need to be empowered. We need to be educated, first of all. Some of us advocate, but we have to educate. We have to come together and educate. We need to have entrepreneurship um, uh, seminars, and we need to do these in locally. Well, Bishop, I can't go over here. I can't do this. But we can start where we are. We can start where we are and make a difference. Yep. Um, and I know this is on this step-by-step uh, you know, it's on an international level. So people are hearing us across the board. But no, I, it doesn't matter where your country is or where you are. You can't make a difference. You are not, you have, you have a voice. And we have to learn to use it in whatever way possible. You know, it's the baby that screams the loudest that gets the most attention. So... With that being said, I'm going to go back over to Terrence, and we're going to continue to talk um, as we go farther into the conversation. And this is a very, um, you know, all of this is connected. You know, a lot of these um, things that go on is because people do not, they haven't had that foundation. Um, they, They don't believe in themselves. They don't. I hear so many people say, but I, you know, I just can't do it. You know, I don't have this or I don't have that. But you start somewhere. You know, we could have a fist. You know, one can chase a thousand, two, ten thousand. You know, that's in the word of God. I always try to reflect back to the word because that is my foundation. That is what I I, I operate by. And so... I'm going to um, get back with Terrence and let's let's go a little further into the conversation because we definitely want to talk about the opioid crisis. And Terrence right now is working in a a, a private owned uh, facility with um, individuals that suffer from uh, drug addictions of different types and uh, of course, the opioid epidemic, um, even over the holidays, I've heard of three, um, you know, just locally that have OD'd. I mean, it's just, 
you know, every day and it's get, getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So what type of resolution is there? I know educating is that, but I want to talk to Terrence because he has shared with me about how they're getting younger. The, 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 the people that come in for rehab, you know, they used to be in their thirties. They used to be in their, you know, late thirties, early forties. And now he's telling me they're in their teens. So Terrence, could you share with us a little about, um, the opioid crisis and, um, just some information that you've gathered? Uh, I believe that kind of backtracking to what I said in the last interview, like from a mental health perspective, being that I dealt with child mental health, I, from, I think one of the roots of one of the roots of how this all began it came from I think when therapists stopped investing in verbal therapy and depending wholeheartedly just on the medication perspective of mental therapy mm-hmm. now there is I do understand there are times where medication is needed but it should be a last resort and a last alternative it's how it's supposed to be looked at thing with therapy is you're supposed to verbally express what's going on so therefore you can talk with your therapist and work through it the problem about therapy nowadays is that they depend completely on medication and not verbal therapy they just look at the medication aspect of it. Case in point, you have a kid coming to mental, coming to a mental health facility, and not be on any meds, and leave out after their stay there, leave out on ten to thirteen meds. So, within doing that, I believe that when a kid's taking that many pills. And doing that, giving that many prescriptions to one child, especially a child for that matter, you just normalized. You just made popping pills the norm, the norm. And so you're you're normalizing the aspect of just popping pills, which is why you see all these youth. That's all they rap about, and their tracks is like popping a pill. And that kind of logic spreads, you know, so I think that's the part like we definitely when it comes to mental health, I feel that us as a people, we definitely should invest in it, but also be aware of them trying to force medications upon you because that in itself is like the normalization of popping pills. It becomes a and then those youth and then the youth end up growing up and then they come across my like I see youth that come across there that are in that age frame from like well they probably were here and then here you know so you see that transition codependency yeah codependency on medications to stabilize them to stabilize them 
versus investing in the verbal, I call it the mental, the brain exercise of getting out what you're trying to say and with your therapist and working through it and talking through it and getting to a better place. I feel that does more for a person versus just giving the medication. And we have to look at, um, be realist about some things. Um, the pharmaceutical industry hmm. is a multi-million dollar, billion dollar billion industry. Dollar. So it's just like the big pusher, the big thing. We need to go back to naturalization of things. Um, there's other ways to treat conditions. You have to find out what the root of the problem is. Go to the root. Go to the root of the matter. And But right now, what it is, it's just like a, 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 if you have a splinter and it's, it's went down into your finger. And then it's, you, you know, it dries up a little bit. And so you forget it's there. Mm-hmm. But then later on, it starts to get sore. Yep. And you start to rub it and it starts to fester. Well then it may drop again. But until you get that splinter out, it's going to continue to try to work its way out because that's the problem. And that's just like some issues, like issues and stuff. You know, some things are very deep. They're deep-seated. And, you know, we need to, like you said, we need to have more of the hands-on than just uh, medicating this for this or this for this. You know, there's a medication for everything nowadays. I mean, everything you can think of, there's a medication. And so I'm just saying I'm I'm becoming more. And then, then later on in life, there's side effects. You know, like uh, my dad was on a blood thinner for years because he was in a bad car accident back in the 60s, the late 60s. And um, so he had to be on a blood thinner for all those years, but we did not under we didn't know at the time that it would lead to or can cause you know forgetfulness. And so now my dad mm-hmm. has been diagnosed with dementia uh, because he was on that, and I I began to read on it, but you know one of the side effects was memory loss, temporary you know, memory loss. And so, and even certain blood pressure medications. So, you know, we have to get educated when they hand out those little things that with your medicines and you just take it and throw it in the trash. You really should read it because they have interactions, adverse effects, you know, all of that's on there. Some of that thing, that stuff, they wanted me to take a medication one time, Terrence, and I Looked at the side effects. You were not. Yeah. I'm telling you what it said on there. It said sudden death. I said, oh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. And that's another thing. I'm not taking it. That yeah. was one of the. And that's. That was one of the side effects. Yeah. It had sudden death on there. And, and I was like, huh? And that's another oh, thing no. that I, I also want to express because, one, you're taking a medication to cure one thing. But then you you look at the side effects and the side effects are far worse than what the medication is trying to cure. You may cure that one aspect, but then you also have to worry about these side effects and how that affects you and how that will mess with you. Hallucin- hallucinations, nosebleeds, sudden death, 
stuff like that. And I'm like, just because you say it calmly, you know how you see these commercials on TV, and they'll be like, um, they'll be like, yes, this medication will help. Side effects may attend to hallucinations, nosebleeds, and just because you're saying it in a calm tone doesn't mean we're not listening to what you're saying. And just because you have a visualization of a nice little people running in the park, smiling and laughing. Nah, we, I heard that. I'm like, hold up. Did you just say hallucinations and nosebleeds, hallucinations and nosebleeds and sudden death? So let me, let me just say this, you guys. We are not telling you under any means to stop taking your medicine. No, definitely not. That's not we're t- what we're telling you. Just we're telling, just trying to, it, this is about information, education, just discussion. This is, a, this is step by step walking into your destiny. Ways to help you. So we want you to know, by no means stop taking your meds mm-hmm. or anything like that. That's not what we're saying. Just pay attention to the side effects. Pay attention. Read um um educate yourselves you know and um and know that there are different things out there other resolutions but this is um we we come together here to just educate empower you know um enable equip um people you know to, to knowledge and to, to make you aware of things that are going on, you know, to get your attention, to, to help you, to understand, to educate you, to inform you about different things and to just discuss, you know, to just put some discussion topics out there. Yeah, definitely. Things that make you go, hmm, things to <laughs> think true. about, you things know. Things that make you go, hmm. And so that's what we're here for with Step by Step walking into your destiny because you do have a destiny. And I agree with my mother that like I believe that we we talk about subjects just thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Cuz the one thing we do is just want you to think outside of what you see and let you know that there are are things outside of what you know and maybe some people didn't even know that like dang, I never knew about that. I never thought about that or thought about that subject from this perspective. So I agree that this is a thought provoking podcast. It's not to make you question yourself or anything of that nature. It's, it's more about just making you think. As one of my spiritual fathers and colleagues, uh, Dr. Larry Hill once told us, um, he said, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm telling you to think. He said, I'm not here telling you what to think, but I'm telling you to think. You have a brain in the center of your head. Use it. And so, you know, that has stuck with me all these years. Uh, We're not telling you what to think. We're just telling you to think in general. Think about some of the things that we're discussing. Um, Terrence? Yes, ma'am. Is that all that you have tonight? Well, I also want to talk about us as a people investing in mental health. Okay. And the the pros and cons of it because, like, um, the reasons why I feel personally that it's catching on that we definitely need to invest in our 
mental health as a people because I think people are starting to notice that we're not only dealing with mental health from like just here in this day and age. This stuff has been generational mental health things ever since our ancestors came over in slave ships. You know, case in point, back in the time of slavery, a lot of people don't know that like the men, if they were married, you had to secretly get married, mind you. The men would have to send their wives up to Massa's house to entertain the guests in a sexual manner and the men not be able to do anything about it. And I think that's something that messes with us mentally or the woman not really understanding why the man couldn't protect them. I think that plays a part. I think also that plays a part that a lot of people don't know about in slavery is that what they would do is they would take the bulkiest, toughest, built slave and they call this um, buck breaking. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would tie him up to uh, <clears throat> tie him up to like some form of frame, tie him up so he couldn't get loose. And the slave pusher, the one that would be out there with the whip pushing him in the fields, would come out there and rape that man in front of his wife and children, in front of everybody. They call that buck breaking, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. They call that buck breaking. And so, can you see how mentally that would be passed down, generationally speaking? So I feel that like, Nobody really understands that the mental health of us ever since that age hasn't faded. It has just been transitioned into a different perspective and mental health. And I feel it's very important just on that aspect alone that it's important that we invest in our mental health. But the verbal aspect of mental health. And I understand why people would us as black people would not want to speak on certain subjects because within with a therapist and a client they have this thing called it's a confidentiality clause between the therapist and the client only time that clause can be breached is if something that dealing with a crime mm-hmm. is mentioned, then the, the therapist has to report that. Same thing from a medical perspective. Yeah. Um, it's a confidentiality clause, but only to a certain extent. And so naturally, you don't want your child or your significant other or somebody to be locked up. For something, so 
you don't talk about it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so with that perspective, I think that it's very important that first and foremost, we invest in the verbal aspects of therapy and getting it out and with the therapist and also have it being with a therapist that looks like you. What I mean by that, what I mean by that is that we need more black therapists in the therapeutic field. We need more of those because one, therapists, you may be great at your job, but you only know to an extent. I think you have more of an impact if you had a therapist that looks like you. Well, I, that can be debatable because a lot of times we can become so educated that we forget where we come from. We we can become so, you know, it's true that we can't embrace or be realistic with what the individual's talking about. But, yes, we there's a clinic clinical protocol. There's certain ways you do, you know, when you are um counseling or you know, you listen more than anything, but there's certain things that you listen for and certain things that you have to document and this and that. But you know, you can have an apathy for the person. You can have, you know, um I understand what you're saying, but a lot of that is like, um, that's, and it kind of leads back to, um, I'm just going to tell you, it leads back to the church and the church's responsibility, what our responsibility has been from the beginning. Um, when are we going to be accountable? And I'm saying that, when are we going to take accountability and be accountable because we have failed in a lot of areas. One of there's a book, and if you if you just excuse me a minute, Terrence, there is a book that when Terrence was talking about, you know, things that have happened, and 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 a lot of our our males especially, uh, uh, we they don't understand the way that they act or. You know, things that have been passed down generationally. Generational. And um, there's a book called Strongholds in the African-American Male. And it's also Strongholds in the African-American Family. I do not know the author, but if you have Google or access to Google, or um, I don't know if the libraries would have it, but um, my one of my other spiritual fathers also was giving us those books, um, you know, the names of them, um, to go to. And it breaks down and it tells you also about the spirit of Nimrod in the strongholds in the African-American male. A lot of these things have been passed down generation to generation. And that, and you wonder why, you know, well, my great-great-grandfather had children here, there, there, you know, he had like three families in this town and one family in this town, you know, and then all these kids and they, you know, we got kids from, you know, North Carolina all the way to the West Coast. We've got a whole nother family on the West Coast, you know, and so it kind of shows you, you know, and it tells you what, what's going on with that, so you know, those are some books, you know, like for, for, for a start to, that you might want to check into. I also believe that 
another reason why and I hate this term but like why a lot of black people don't invest in mental health because they'd be like me and my friend we talked about this and it, she was like I am in agreement you hear I was like oh that's some white people stuff which is clearly not because like it's clearly not mental health thing doesn't have it's any color creed or nothing it don't matter about none of that it's about educating and education and learning and like you know we gotta i feel that a lot of us need to get out of that mindset yeah. of just being like oh that's some white people so, no it's not your mental health is very important yeah it also determines how people look at you you know, and so it's very important that we invest in that and just educating people like, you know, on investing in your mental health, but also which aspects to invest in like verbally don't depend on medications because medications and side effects. I mean, come on. We, we talked about this. Earlier. Like we said, and we're so not telling you not we're to not take telling your you not to take your medications. We're just telling you to just look them up and educate yourself. Yes. You know, you're just trying to be thought-provoking and have you think about things. But, like, I think that's another perspective that bothers mental health because they be like, oh, that's some white people stuff. No, it's not. It's, it's not. And that baffles me. I feel, one, you need somebody that looks like you as your therapist. Two, this me personally. Two, focus on the verbal aspect of it and medication as a last resort. You know, three, educate yourself on mental health in general. And look at why you need it. Why should I invest in it? And even if the stuff that we're saying right now is very important that we be like, hey, it's important that you just educate yourself. We're not telling you to just take our word in, in stone. We're telling you to just educate yourself. Like like we said before, this is a podcast about that's thought provoking to help you that makes you want to think. Yes, topics of discussion. Yeah, and so I feel that also it's not a lot of black people in. The therapy, mental therapy field is not that many. That's why I feel it's important that black people should definitely focus on educating themselves in the mental health field and learning how to navigate through that system without being consumed and know that like, hey, the verbal aspect is good for you, medications if needed. Because there are situations, I'm not going to front, there are situations where medication is needed. Definitely so. It's definitely so. But it shouldn't be to the point where they're taking medication so they're just a walking zombie. Yes. It should never be that. Because then you're just, like you said earlier, existing. you're just you're just existing. But you're not working through what's wrong. So I think it's very important that those aspects should definitely be looked into. Be get a therapist that looks like you. Um, 
educate yourself on therapy and why you need it. Um, encourage and look into like as a profession, seeing what the like pros and cons of it is, and also learning how to just know like if you have these any of these generational aspects that are falling on you now. I feel it's very important that all of that I this is my personal perspective. I'm not trying to tell you to take it in and stride. I'm just talking from my personal perspective of what I think should be done. It's not meant to change your views at all. This is just I feel for our people. I feel that's what should be necessary. We need to take action and start somewhere. And so, as I had said before, step by step, walking into your destiny. It's a podcast where we want you to reach your destiny, um, whatever that destiny may be. And it's to we want you to be educated and equipped, empowered, and you know, um, we want to encourage you. You know. Um, enable you and these are discussions that we have like we're not telling you what to think but we're te- we're asking you to at least Just think to think. to think about it yep. and um a lot of our discussions are opinionated you know and so you know we can agree to disagree right right True story. so you know like terrence was just saying you know he thinks that you should have a, you know that we should have our um um therapist should be you know the same um in the rate in the same race you know which you know that's kind of like uh you know i'm sitting over here like well not necessarily but maybe i don't know you know it depends case to case you know case by case i mean it really depends because um we are in a multicultural environment and so with that being said, that's another topic. We'll get into that at, at some other time. But um, I would like to thank Ther- Terrence for taking time out of his busy schedule because he mm-hmm. is a busy young man um, to come and to share with us. And in saying that, um, I would like to make a couple of announcements um, on this evening. Remember, if you would like to... Um, uh, be interviewed or consider being interviewed or you have a topic that you would like us to discuss on the podcast you can reach me bishop angela young by email at youngangela48 at yahoo.com and um we will take um the all inquiries or suggestions into consideration um, we are here for the people. We're here for all of you. And if you have, to, you know, topics that you would like for us to, you know, um, talk about, discuss, we would love to. And um, this is our 35th episode. So we're happy about that. And um, thankful. In all things, we give thanks. Woo-hoo. And so um, we're just celebrating and and um also in february um which is um next month um we will will be uh black history month and um 
We are going to be looking at, um, I have some suggestions. Um, if you're in an area, you know, take advantage of the free places that you can go and you can have, you know, show a movie in your town, in your local library. Um, see if you can get a gym, have some kind of activity. Um, just, just reach out and uh, celebrate um, our history, our ethnicity. Um, and I would like um, to say that we are going to show another movie. Um in February, um, and we will be doing that, uh, hopefully at the educational room in the library. (laughs) And we're going to just be praying about what movie we're going to show. And we will announce that. And so we'll be announcing that in the near, near future. And so we would love for those that, um, are in our area to come and to share and to celebrate. We're also going to be interviewing this year entrepreneurs. Um, We're going to be interviewing different people in different small businesses. Um, Those that would like to become uh, small business owners, we want to uh, impart and help um, with having some seminars and different things like that, teaching aids to assist you, you know, how to uh, different... um, um, with your taxes, like your LLC, how to start an LLC, the different types of um, home ownership. We want to talk about that. Um, your credit, um, building your credit, how to build your credit scores, just different things we want to bring to the table. And we're also always, 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 we discuss the one who made the difference in my life. And that is the Lord. And so we definitely um, talk about um, your faith and and how that is just the nucleus of my life. He is the nucleus of my life, of everything I do. I can't do anything without um, connecting with him first. So um, we would like to thank you all for joining us this evening. And know that you do make a difference um, by listening and share this with someone. Um, It will be available to go back and listen to probably within the next 30 minutes after I close out. Um, You're welcome to come on the Anchor podcast. um, Become a part of Anchor and you can get on and listen. We're also on Spotify. Um, You can hear us on other um, podcast, um, but it is under step by step walking into your destiny um, because we want you to be a part of this mighty move that's going on. And um, um, we're connecting with other areas, uh, we're connecting with uh, on the international level, and we love you all in the other nations. There's so many internationally, I can't name, I don't want to miss anyone. But we thank God for you and for you all listening as well. And know that you, we love you and you make a difference by listening and being a part. Amen. And so we just um, like to thank everyone that's been instrumental. If you would like to become a sponsor of Step by Step Walking Into Your Destiny, you will see a green S um, after each episode. And you're welcome to click on there. You can become a sponsor for as little as 99 cents a month. 
Um, so, and uh, I think um, 99 cent, and then it's like $4.99 $4 and $9.99, or you can be sponsored for, you know, the amount that you would like. But that helps us with continuing the podcast and getting the word out, spreading the good news. So we thank you and we pray the blessings be upon you and you have a good night. Terrence, you want to have last words? Um, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and um, I hope y'all get something from this. Like we always say, education is key. Knowledge is power. And um, thank you so much.